With the holiday season upon us, I'm thrilled to announce some of the amazing things coming to Lamar Coaching, one of which is a book project that will officially add the title author to my name. The book is titled Forever Athlete, and I will be opening up pre-orders soon. But even before the pre-orders for the book open up, I'm offering a special pre-order bundle, which will include a signed copy of the book, my first ever merchandise shirt, which has the phrase just starting on the front of it to constantly remind you that everything amazing is still ahead of you. And finally, you will receive both a discovery session and a one-on-one -on -one intensive coaching session that will dive into where you are, where you want to be, and how you can take powerful actions now to make that dream become a clear roadmap to find success. This bundle is being offered all throughout the holidays and is valued at over $600, but throughout the holidays will be just $99. You receive a signed copy of Forever Athlete, your very own Just Starting shirt, in two intensive coaching sessions with me so you can clearly define how to achieve your definition of success while building your unique formula for peak performance. To take advantage of this, simply head to lamarcoaching.com contact and fill in the message bundle and you will be the first to have access to this limited offer. Once again, that is lamarcoaching.com contact and fill in the message space as bundle to be added to the first round of people I will offer this amazing bundle to. One of my mentors says this, like if you're the one in the frame, it's impossible to see the whole picture. Yeah. So having a coach that I can say here's my experience and like that can reflect and, and support me and seeing you know some of the things that maybe I can't see on my own hi my name is Keegan Lamar I'm a certified professional coach with the International Coaching Federation and I'm certified as a specialist in core energy performance dynamics I work with people who are wanting to understand what peak performance looks like and how they can become unstoppable Hi, everybody. I am here with an amazing person. My next guest, a very special guest, Erica Fay, who is a former family therapist, who is now a success coach, who works with athletes and empowers them to live on purpose, both inside and outside of sports. And she has had a number of amazing conversations with um, whether it's Olympians or athletes from all over. And in this passion, um, we'll dive into the story here in a moment. But um, Erica, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm really thrilled to be able to chat with you. Of course. And, um, I mean, I'm, so I'm somebody who loves connecting with therapists and psychologists because mm -hmm. they work on the side of the spectrum that I don't normally work with, right? Mm -hmm. Like they help people become functioning human beings, helping them deal with trauma and, um, past wounds and other stuff like that and help them remove those things so that they can live a normal life. And obviously mm -hmm. as a coach, I then work with people who are functional and help them become optimal. Yep. You've now covered the whole spectrum. You've lived on both <laughs> sides. Um, so I, I'm curious, you've, so you started out as a family therapist. Mm -hmm. What made you want to come, man, there's a part of me that almost said, what made you want to come to the dark side or something? Like that? <laughs> um, but you get what I mean. What made yeah. you want to make that transition? 
Well, I think it's funny because I didn't really have any interest. I thought I was living my dream when I finally opened my private practice as a marriage and family therapist, because I'd worked at a number of different settings. I worked in community mental health. I worked in foster care. I worked at a school. I worked in, um, a did I say hospital setting, um, in a, a corporate setting. So I had like a bunch of different jobs as a marriage and family therapist in different arenas, but I knew that my, my dream was to be my own boss and to open my own business. Um, and when I finally did that, I wound up getting kind of an influx of referrals. Um, and I feel like we'll, you and I'll probably speak to this a little bit later. Cause I know we've had this conversation before. I feel like when you're really on your kind of soul's path, the universe kind of supports you in, in doing what you're meant to do. So I knew that my soul's path at the time was to be a marriage and family therapist. And then I was supported by referrals of athletes, which I didn't even know. I mean, I was an athlete myself, but I didn't know that that was a demographic that I really loved working with. Um, and so I was working with some um, athletes and their spouses and uh, doing couples therapy. And the cool thing about marriage and family therapy is that obviously, you know, therapy in general can be very insight oriented. And so there's some looking into the past and things, but my, um, my approach was always really solution focused, like, okay, so yeah. this is how the problem came to be, but like, let's, where we go, what are we going to do now? Yeah. And like relationship therapy just lends itself to that because people can, well, insight can only take you so far. Right. So, yes. Um, so when, uh, I started working with all of these different athletes and their spouses, I started to notice that there was a kind of a gap in terms of services that athletes were accessing, uh, to transition out of sport at a number of different levels from professional all the way down, even to probably the high school level. Um, and then also just noticing that there was a really nice synergy between uh -huh. me and the athletes. Um, and I mm -hmm. think that's one of the most important things for those of you who are looking for a therapist, make sure you find somebody that you feel like you click with. Um, yes. And that's what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> um, so it just felt like an easy click. And then when I started to notice the gap, I was like, so how can I meet these needs? And then I started to get curious. I had hired a business coach for my business. And then I decided, you know what? what if I got certified as a coach and then started to, you know, work on the coaching side? Cause I really loved everything about coaching was very forward focused and yeah. like, okay, so where do you want to go and let's pave the way to get there. Um, so that's pretty much the short version of how yeah. I decided to get certified as a coach. Yeah, for sure. And, and there are a couple really good things that you brought up there. One being um, like just that, that understanding of a, of a, natural gap with, mm -hmm. um, services that are offered. And that's not just athletes. That's a lot of people. Yeah, totally. And especially when it comes to relationships, oftentimes it's a little bit more natural for, you know, people who are together in a relationship, whatever it may be for them to have a conversation about thinking about what the future looks like. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that usually comes natural pretty quickly. And then as the mm -hmm. relationship goes on, you have enough time together where you've there, there are some things that either have happened that might need to be resolved or things that come up from your individual past that need to be, um, that need to be potentially dealt with. And that's where therapy has a natural space mm -hmm. in relationships. But then there's like that third phase where mm -hmm. it's, how do we continue to stay on the same page? How do we continue to have a loving relationship? How do we make sure we 
are not just a functioning relationship, but we can move ourselves to a continually optimal relationship, whatever that might mean. So Mm -hmm. um, that is, it's a really interesting space that you, you kind of stumbled upon there, which is very Mm -hmm. much needed. And a lot of people, they don't think about because they think, well, that's what you do when you first get together. You're always thinking about the future. What are things going to be? But then you kind of phase out of it and then you phase back into it, but it's different. Yeah. Um, and then you talked about, um, like, especially with athletes, doesn't matter who you are, the relationship side that you have actually with a coach. There mm-hmm. are athletes who only want to work with people who have been athletes mm-hmm. um, to be a coach, or for some people, it doesn't matter. But just trusting your gut on that is such a big piece of the puzzle. I mean, I can't talk about it enough when it comes down to anybody who I want to work with as mm-hmm. a coach. Cause I think that's a beautiful thing um, from with a coach client relationship is you can sit there and you can say, is this somebody who I want to dedicate time and effort in looking forward with you and helping you find your definition of success and helping you realize it. The right. same thing that the client is trying to do as well And so it sounds like you found kind of a natural rhythm being able to say this forward looking piece of working with people is something that feels right to me. Is, is that correct? Absolutely. And I love what you said about optimizing the relationship, because I think one of the things I started to notice that I was getting frustrated as a therapist with is like, we, I felt like we were moving from crisis to crisis and yeah, we were trying to do some pattern changes and things like that. But, um, I was more interested in like, how can we really optimize the relationship? And I think just from the nature of like what people are used to in therapy, it's like, okay, if the thing, if, if things aren't terrible, then I think we're good. We don't need to go to therapy, you know? So like, that was a little frustrating to me because I was like, I want to like help people like take their relationship to a whole new level of satisfaction. And like, so that was something else that really appealed to me about coaching because like you just said, like optimization of and and from like where i'm coming from now it's like optimization of your life not just your relationships your relationships are part of it and career is part of it your health is also part of it your freedom is also part of it you know so like all aspects yeah so i think you'd have a really unique take on something that just popped into my head that i've thought about a little bit so when it comes to relationships and therapy, there are those couples who they go and see a, you know, relationship therapist or family therapist, whatever that might be. And they've, they've been going and going and it feels like they say, Oh, I've been going for five, 10, 20, what, however long years. Right. Mm-hmm. And at some point there's gotta be a, like, there's a cycle that's happening and it's not one that necessarily is like going to a therapist. I'm not saying is unhealthy, Yeah. But too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. (laughs) So I'm curious from your perspective, Mm -hmm. what does that normal transition? Cause there might be someone listening. Who's like, I've been going to a therapist or I know people who have gone to a therapist. What is that handoff? Like, what should that look like? If you're someone who is going to a therapist for your relationship and at what point would you know I should be going to see a coach now and not simply just like wait for things to go back into turmoil Mm -hmm. in, in in order for me to realize that I can like, there's a next phase of this thing and you don't have to just stay in therapy. Well, I think that's a really important question. And first of all, I want to just 
like make sure that the first thing I want to say is the client is always the highest authority on what's best for them in terms yes. of the modality. So if, if you found a therapist that's really supporting you and you feel like you're making progress, you know, by all means, don't rock the boat, you know? Um, so I, one of the other things that I've seen, and I'm just speaking from my personal experience. So I'm not saying that this is everybody's experience. This is my experience with my own therapy and with yeah. my own coaching that I've been in as a client. Um, when, and I know this to be true about our thinking too. When we direct a lot of energy to rehearsing and nursing a problem, mm. we actually generate all of the same emotions that are like associated with the problem as we're recalling it. Um, and this also happens with positive memories as well. So we're kind of hardwiring in the problem if that's the only thing we're focused on. No, I'm not saying that's the only thing therapists are focused on. There are amazing therapists out there who are doing amazing work. And so I'm not by any means trying to say like anybody is doing this, uh, you know, but this is my experience. Um, when I have been in therapy, just talking about the problem and not being redirected to like what I would love to, you know, how I would love to resolve it, or if I could wave a magic wand and have it resolved, what it would look like. And then how I could start to like generate ideas for becoming that person or having that resolution. Um, that's where kind of the change in the magic happens in terms, this is my experience again. Yes. But um, so I think if you're noticing that all you're doing is rehearsing and nursing problems and you're going from problem to problem to problem and there's not like a, and it feels like, and again, clients are the highest authority on this. You know, if it feels like you're putting a bandaid on something and you also know if you feel like you're, you're transforming something. Yes. Um, and so the transformation is always what I'm super interested in. And that, you know, I wanted to become a coach because I got really curious, like how do we help people create and sustain lasting positive change? So it's not like a flash in a pan and then we go back to the old way of being. Yes. Um, and I think therapists can do this and coaches now are being trained to do this. Um, so I'm not saying, you know, therapy obviously requires a lot more background and licensing and all of that kind of thing. Um, and if there's mental health issues, diagnoses or things, I mean, I think it's malfeasant for um, a coach to try to address all of those things. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, yeah. But even, even in my own, my own coaching practice, I'm very clear with my clients. Like I'm not going to wear two hats. I'm going to be your coach. And if there's mental health stuff that comes up, we're going to have to press pause on the coaching or we're going to work in conjunction with a therapist so that that can be addressed. Yes. Um, so that, you know, I'm not trying to wear two hats, even though I do have the licensure as yeah. a therapist, I, I think just, for, for it doesn't serve you state. as a coach to to work in both spaces because the moment you start blurring those lines yeah is is one the time like at those and i'll say this there are people who call themselves coaches and they blur the line wherever they can they try and be a one-stop shop the first rule unwritten rule of being a coach <laughs> is know your flipping limits yeah. Right. I like, think that should be the first rule for every profession. <laughs> I mean, even therapists, you know, like there's yes. that whole like distinction or there's the whole like paradigm around therapy where you just are like, everyone else is, you know, taken care of and you're not like that. That was my paradigm for a long time. And I was like, yeah. this is not serving me. So sorry to interrupt you, but no, I no, totally agree with what you're saying. I, I love it because it, it's a, it's one of those things where a lot of people are conditioned to think they should 
can and should be able to do it all. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, there's a point of toxicity where it just simply doesn't, it goes from this anabolic building you up type of energy to catabolic where it's all it's going to do is burn you out and tear you down. And I know I've seen people who call themselves coaches who try and be a one-stop shop and try and like they overstep Mm -hmm. and there's no need for it. Mm -hmm. It's I don't, and, and, and it unveils a lot about an individual and I've been like, when I first started out, I tried to be everything for everyone. And then I was like, okay, why do I feel terrible? And it's like, because I didn't create any guardrails for myself. I tried to oversee everything and I, and I overstepped and I did all this other other stuff. And it was when I said, know your limits, no, like seriously, give yourself some guardrails so that you can actually be effective because the more you try and blur those lines, it can be really difficult. And that's for like, like you said, that should be a rule for everybody for everything. Yeah. Know your limits. It's hard though. If you're used to like being a type A and also if you want, if you're wanting to help people, I think it always comes from a good place. It's not coming from a place of wanting to do any harm. It's coming from a place of really wanting to help, you know? Um, But in my own experience, I've seen, you know, that my life has suffered when I've gone into that and I've had to repattern all of it because that was an old way of of being for me and it didn't serve me at all. Absolutely. And the more you try and help and serve everybody, like there's going to be a a limit, right? That you hit it and suddenly you're not helping and serving anybody. You're just being annoying. (laughs) And it's one thing to actually help and serve somebody. It's another thing to like, it's almost like eavesdropping coaching type style where you hear something and you try and interject yourself. You're in, um, as a coach, you can be like, well, how does that mindset serve you? And you're just like, and someone's like, I don't need it, man. Like get out of my face. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm not dealing with that right now. And so, and there's, there's just those limits and those other things. And I've experienced that obviously in my own life, trying to, um, like as a husband and as a father, mm-hmm. um, there's like those guardrails, which I consider them being disciplines, things that, disciplines are the things that serve you in the arena that you're playing in. Mm. Right. So Mm -hmm. if uh, I would love to actually dive into, cause you have experience obviously working with families and and individuals who are, who are married or have kids or other stuff. And you Mm -hmm. play this role in your own world too, just like Mm -hmm. I do. And we both Mm -hmm. have backgrounds as coaches. Um, What was it like applying a coaching or therapist or whatever kind of background, like when you first became a parent, mm-hmm. what was, what were the early stages of all that? Like, <laughs> well, I'll be real, real honest with you. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, my son is just the biggest blessing in our lives, but I will tell you when we got him home, like he was not one of those kids. It was an am- amazing sleeper and like, you know, being sleep deprived. And then my body like being pretty beat up from the delivery and like all of it was something I had never, ever experienced before. Yeah. Um, and I had all of these like ideas about how I was going to be and who I was going to be as on maternity leave and beyond. And I think that that helped having like a framework for it. But I also think I really 
set my expectations way, way, way higher than yeah. what the reality was. Um, just what expectations example. did you have? I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. Cause I mean, I had similar ones that, that I'll share too, but I, I'm super curious to hear, especially from a mom's perspective, because mm-hmm. I can only provide the perspective of the easy side of the job yeah. <laughs> of, of being a, a young parent when you didn't have to go deliver a baby or do nursing and all this other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I had the much easier job. So I'm, I'm curious, like, what were your expectations going into all of it? I kind of felt like it would just be, and this is going to sound ridiculous to anybody who's a parent, but this is truly what I thought. Like, I, I kind of felt like I would still be the same person that I am, but we would just have this other little being. Like, I babysat a lot. I have a nephew, you know, and I, I was like, yeah, you know, I'll still, like, I had this idea that I was going to send out newsletters every week when I was on maternity <laughs> leave. I didn't send one newsletter, like <laughs> just like all of these yeah. ideas of things I was going to be doing. And I, I think I maybe met 10% of those. Um, oh, I love it. I, and, and I laugh because like, I can just, I, you, I just imagine like this buildup in your head. You're just like, man, I'm just so excited. I, like I can, yeah. you know, you can, you feel like wonder woman type of thing. And yeah. then, you just like reality hits you and you're just like, I haven't changed out of my sweatpants in two weeks. Totally. And even like brushing (laughs) your teeth. Like I remember there was one day it was 5 PM. Like, did I brush my teeth today? And I remember thinking that was insane when I was hearing from my other friends who had kids. I'm like, how do you get through like till 5 PM and not shower? It's like, Oh, I know how you do that. (laughs) It's real easy. (laughs) You're like, wow, this is, I mean, it just takes these, unnecessary things like hygiene off of my plate when I have no energy to do it. And you only notice like you wake up one morning, you're just like, Whoa, I'm a bit ripe. (laughs) How about we take care of this Do a little bit of, you know, a little bit of hazmat work on myself and and make sure I can, I can withstand myself. Man, I, I I love that. I mean, in in that level of, of authenticity is, awesome. And, and, and that, because there are so many young parents who, and, and I know people who have, who have said like, you know, you have kids and everything, you know, and love like dies at that moment in mm. like your life goes down the drain, blah, blah, blah. And like kids are um, like everything you thought you liked in the world, like just kiss it goodbye. Cause kids and stuff like that. But we're on a side of this where having a kid has actually been some of the most fun and joy that we could ever imagine. Yeah. And it's almost like, and I'd love to hear your experience, but like, I like when I look back now on like pre child, pre having a kid, me, Mm -hmm. I was like, man, it just wasn't as fun. I don't know. Like I, 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 I thought of myself as kind of boring beforehand. And now that kids, I feel, I feel more creative. Oh, nice. I feel like I'm like, life is just richer. I feel like um, mm. I have more fun. I feel like things carry more meaning. I feel like when I actually, when my wife and I go on a date, which we make a conscious effort every single month to be like, Hey, we're doing like, we do a strict date night to invest in each other. Awesome. Like those are more fun. Yes. So I, I, I'm curious, like when you look back to prior kids now, mm-hmm. like what, what are the thoughts that go through your head of, you know, 
comparing the two and obviously it's totally different states, but um, like the headspace of both, like what serves you now that you're just Mm -hmm. like, you look back and you're like, that stuff didn't serve me at all. And I don't know how Mm -hmm. it, you know, it helped me at all, or that was great. And now it doesn't work. I'm just curious, like what's the big mental shift been pre and post having a kid? Well, that's a really good question. I mean, I think first of all, in full transparency, I'm 48 and I had Liam when I was 46. So I'm an older mom. Um, and when I look at my life, like I had an amazing, I still do. And everything you're saying about having kids. Yes, absolutely. He brings the biggest joy to my life. I love him more than anything. We have, you know, it's hilarious. I didn't think I'd be able to love anything as much as, you know, everyone talks about that and I know what they're talking about now. Um, but reflecting back, I know one of the patterns that didn't serve me that I still brush up against because he's only two. So I'm still like yeah. finding my way with all Oh yeah, this. you're just starting. I mean, we're yeah. <laughs> just starting. I absolutely love interviewing people. And I think we could agree that this interview is going incredible, right? And honestly, if you believe that, I couldn't agree with you more. In fact, I'd love for you to be able to take part in this podcast. Maybe that means you have somebody in mind that you'd want to have on the podcast. Maybe that means you'd like to be on this podcast yourself. Or maybe it means you have a burning question that you would like for me to explore on its very own episode. If any of these scenarios sound motivating to you, I'd love to connect. Reach out to me anytime using the subject podcast at Keegan, K-E-E-G-A-N at LamarCoaching.com with your request and I will make it happen. Once again, that's Keegan, K-E-E-G-A-N at LamarCoaching.com with the subject podcast. Let's get back to the interview. Yeah. One of the patterns was the force. Like as a single person, I could overwork. I could overtrain. Mm -hmm. I could overdo a lot. I mean, my body would break down and that's how it would get my attention. Um, and that pattern does not serve me. I mean, I, I think that I'm actually in the midst of kind of coming off of something similar to that now, because I was just, I think I was sharing with you, I was training for a marathon that was actually last weekend and I was injured probably like, I don't know, 10 weeks into the training program, I hit. So, um, I think this is another kind of remnant of that old pattern of trying to do it all and push the way I normally used to push when I was single. And, um, it just, it's not sustainable when there's another little being that requires me. Yeah. Um, and then that also that I want to serve like with my energy and attention and showing up in the way that I want to be with him and like have fun and not be like, mommy's tired all the time, you know? <laughs> um, Cause I could do that as a single person. I could lay on the couch all day. I mean, it's so funny. John was asking me last year what we wanted to do for um, Mother's Day. And I'm like, can we just like go to a hotel and lay in bed for like 24 hours? <laughs> that sounds delightful. Like yeah to a parent just you're TV. just like whoa <laughs> yeah. you guys headed off to the ritz and it's like yeah. it's like uh yeah any place that i can lay my head and not have to have responsibility for a period of time totally. feels incredible totally. um man Simple I, I love hearing that now <laughs> as having the framework of a coach right mm-hmm. you have that in your back pocket what are some of the tools and skills that you've presented to your parenting that has helped you, especially in this period of time where, I mean, we can probably both agree every once in a while, like if you don't hear something, fear comes up, 
yeah. what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then you have anxiety about almost every other thing, especially as a young parent, because you're trying to figure it all out. Right. And then there's obviously some stress some tiredness. So all these factors come in that naturally would throw people for a loop. Mm-hmm. But having that background as a coach, like what tools and strategies and stuff have actually helped you navigate it better than you think you would without those? Yeah. I mean, I think it's really, there are a number of things that come to mind. The first is keeping myself in a structure of support. So I have a coach, like my coach, I can talk to about what's going on with me. I can talk to about the identity shifts, the patterns that are me to be like changing up. Um, and because this is something that I've seen more and more, like, and one of my mentors says this, like, if you're the one in the frame, it's impossible to see the whole picture. So having a coach that I can say, here's my experience and like that can reflect and, and support me and seeing, you know, some of the things that maybe I can't see on my own. And then also in conjunction with that, having a vision for what I want for my life. And this is something that I work with my clients on too, but I think that really living from a place of integrity, like I'm, I'm still growing and learning just like everybody else. And like, I want to make sure that I'm staying in the study, staying in the structure of support, staying in coaching for myself so that I can show up as the best version of myself for my son, for my partner, for my family, for my clients, um, for my business that I love. Um, so I think that those two things are really important and the vision is all encompassing. So, you know, I think about the kind of mom that I want to be, you know, and how I structure my schedule. So I've, I've actually made a schedule for my business that serves both my business and being a mother um, that I love. And then um, kind of sticking to that as much as I can. Um, there are things here and there that sometimes I have to jumble around, but um, that's really important. And The other thing I'll say about the vision is, you know, when I think about the kind of mom I want to be or the kind of business that I would love to have, you know, where I'm serving everybody who I want to serve and I'm, you know, supporting people feeling like the most empowered versions of themselves and living into that. Um, You know, I, I think about like, who do I need to be and, and like come from some to be statements. Like that's one of the things that I really love to do in the morning is like, okay, what are my to be's today? Not just to do, but like, who am I being? I'm, you know, for my son. And I usually pick like one or two so that I'm not forgetting what I said, um, you know, throughout the day, but like, you know, I want to be loving for my clients and my son. And I want to be present for my clients and my son. Like, so those are just two examples, but like those to be statements have really supported me in like coming from the vision of the person that I want to be. And I'm not always 100% on this. It's, yeah. it's a kind of off on, off on, off on, off on, like get myself yeah. back on track. But I would say that like those three, I guess it's coaching the vision of, of my life. And then also the to be statements to keep me kind of make sure that I'm on track throughout the day are like really important. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think what really stood out to me there is one, you know, understanding that as a coach, like we all need feedback. Everybody Mm -hmm. does. It's not like when you become a coach, you suddenly have any answers to anything. The nature (laughs) of coaching is to ask the right questions so that the person you're working with 
can provide the answer by being like, Oh, that, that question provided me clarity. You as a coach hardly ever come to the table and you're like, I know how to fix this. Yep. And so, and that's another thing when you see a bunch of people who say that they're coaches and really all they are is like a consultant who tries to be the expert in the room you're not an expert in the room. If you're a coach, like if anything, you show up as the, I know nothing. And my <laughs> job is to ask questions, to try and learn everything from you. <laughs> um, so I love hearing th- that, you know, you as a coach are working with a coach and um, it's just that objective third party that you were talking about. If you're in the frame, you don't see the whole picture and having yeah. somebody in your life, it doesn't matter if you have a coach or not having a right. human being who can be objective with you and just describe the whole picture so that you can make better decisions and have better thoughts and, and be more holistic with the way you approach things. That's invaluable. Mm-hmm. And then that vision, that vision portion of it, who do you really want to be now? I love that you phrased it as, you know, who do you want to be as a mom, as a business owner, as all these other things, because each one of them, like there is no one size fits all for each one of them. Yeah. Like there's changes day to day. Exactly. The more information you get, the more it influences how that vision starts to come to fruition. Whereas a lot of people they're like, Oh, I have a super clear vision. It's like, no, right now it's okay to say that it's super blurry and that the more information you get, it becomes clearer and it's constantly becoming more clear as we go throughout life. Cause if you're, if you're like, I know the vision for my life and you're in like your mid twenties, like I'm like, I'm going to be uh, 30 this next year. Mm-hmm. And for me to say, I know exactly what my vision is going to be. It would be naive of me to say, because I'm like, I don't know on using average numbers here. I'm like 30% of the way done what like, like I'm a, I'm, I'm a third of the way into my life. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like what the hell do I know? Um, and so, well, and I think that's an important distinction too, that you're making Keegan, because one of the things that I have learned, and this is something that I share with my clients, because I think what you're saying can be a sticking point for a lot of people in terms of actually like engaging in personal development work yeah. is because it's like, well, I don't know what the rest of my life should look like. The idea that, you need to like carve your vision in stone. Like it's always changing as you change. Like I I think I mentioned, like I thought I was living my dream when I opened my private practice as a marriage and family therapist. And when I started to feel the nudge to get certified as a coach, I was like, what's this? I'm already living my dream, you know, like what? And so just having that, like my vision is ever evolving. And as I continue to evolve, so does my vision and just coming and I honestly think that the best question that people can ask themselves when it when it's like, what is my vision for my life is asking like, what would I truly love? Not what do I think is possible? Not yes. what I think is probable, but like, what would I love? Because that comes from a heart and a soul place. And yeah. I, like I was saying, I feel like that's the soul's purpose piece. Yes. Um, and so that gets addressed through the question, what would yes. I love? hundred percent couldn't agree more. And that leads into that third point that you were talking about, which is kind of those to do's versus to be's, which for, for me translates to like disciplines. Mm -hmm. Um, like what are the daily disciplines that are going to serve you in moving, like moving you towards whatever end state that you're trying to achieve? Because everybody's so focused on 
the title that they hold or the things mm-hmm. that they have or whatever these nouns people person place things are rather than the verbs that they want to enact every single day which um i mean it can be easy enough i think the one thing when someone says like what's your vision Mm -hmm. yeah it's changing day by day but those are usually on like the noun side of it whereas when you think about it from like the verb or adjective whatever and you're like i want to be a caring person yeah like beautiful that might stay there forever, but in terms mm-hmm. of how you implement that into your life, that might change a little bit. So yeah. the discipline of, okay, well, what does caring mean to me? What is being loving? What is me being serving? What is being confident? What is being aggressive um, actually mean to me in creating almost that dictionary of words in your head? Like what in, in when I say like caring, loving, certain, like that can be, a different definition from my business to me being a husband to me being a father like they all have a very unique definition when applied to certain areas of my life and obviously a coach or a third party can really help you implement that stuff and just say you know what would be different in your life if that if you used that definition of word x in mm-hmm. your daily life what would be different what would you do differently so those are all awesome. And I think that's an amazing exercise for people to do is talk about rather like in terms of combining really the, the vision stuff you're talking about, plus mm-hmm. the to do's versus two B's. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you see yourself being in terms of the person you want to live as mm-hmm. not the person you are, but the person you'd like to live as. And then what does that mean for your two B's or the disciplines that allow you to bring that into the present because it doesn't have to live 40 years out in the future. Right. You don't have to wait till you're retired to be a nice person. Yeah. (laughs) Like you can bring that into the present. Um, And Mm -hmm. and, and being a parent, uh, especially a younger parent, man, it can really shift some of that stuff because um, like, I'm curious, like when it comes to being a younger parent, what are some of the things that you've learned from your kid mm. that like, and, and I'm calling upon the, cause as a coach, like you're always talking about self-awareness. Yeah. I think kids are the greatest examples of reflecting our own like self back at us. Like if I'm in TMI, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> My son was in the tub and pooped in the tub and I was like, yeah. Oh my God. And I was like, I, I kind of like stressed and I was trying to move really quickly and he got stressed and he mm-hmm. wanted to get out of the yeah. tub as fast as he could. And I was like, Holy crap. Like he immediately reflected all the energy that I put out in that moment. Yes. And I was like, I could have handled that so much different because I was in a reactive state rather than a, like be neutral. Here's a situation. Here's what needs to happen. And it could have mm-hmm. gone totally differently. So that level and as a coach, I can have that level of self-awareness where I'm constantly practicing it. Yeah. I'm constantly talking about it where I can say, Whoa, I recognize that really quickly. What are some of the things you've learned from mm-hmm. being a parent, like from your kids that um, has really helped you? 
Well, I 100% agree with you. Like the, the mirror is there. Um, absolutely. And so I love that you recognize that. Good for you. Um, I mean, I'll be real transparent. I have to admit there's, I still like things to be in a certain order, in a certain place. Yeah. Uh, there's a certain cadence to the way things move. All of that has gone out the window, uh, you know? So like, I don't know, you could call it, I guess, control freak tendencies or whatever it is. But mm -hmm. like, um, it, I just realized like, there's no way I'm going to be able to, you know, expect that this is how things operate around here. Like, yes, we could put some boundaries and things, but like, you know, I'll even catch myself. I'll look over at the living room and be like, Oh my God, there are toys everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I'm like, okay, when he goes to bed, we'll have cleanup time. And then, you know, but like my go-to before that was not, let's leave stuff everywhere. <laughs> it was just not how it worked. Um, yeah. so, so then you see it and you're like, my whole existence and being is being threatened yes. by this little person. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Cause you know, I like to have order and neatness yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And it gives me that illusion, like everything's under control, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of like, here's in your face. Like you don't really have anything in, under your control. <laughs> yeah. Kid, I mean, if there's one thing kids are amazing at, they're just like, I, I see all the order and organization and it's gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> and as an adult, you're like, ah, you're freaking out. Um, but oh, it's no. just in one of the things I've learned, and I'm so glad you brought that up. Cause, um, like that disorder and stuff like that, I'm the same way. Like I see all of it and my wife and I will see it and we'll just be like, as soon as the kids go down, like we need to be OCD, but like in the, in the moment, <laughs> yeah. we're always like, we want to clean up. We want to clean up. And I almost like reprogram myself where I'm like, if he's creating a mess or chaos or whatever, rather than get up his butt about, mm -hmm. um, and I say his, I have a daughter too. She's not old enough to cause mayhem. Yeah. Um, yet. <laughs> yeah, yet. So she'll be next. And, uh, but my son, when he starts doing that stuff, instead of being like, he's creating a mess and all this other stuff. I learned to kind of reprogram it as a figure out what he's trying to accomplish with it. Mm -hmm. Like, what is he what does he get from the activity? And most times, I mean, I found out for him, it's like this level of mental stimulation yeah. where he will do something until it feels like he's almost like coasting with it and it feels fine. And then he'll move on to something else that causes it shakes things up, which weirdly enough as an adult is what we normally try and move away from totally right. Like Love it. Yeah. We grow by shaking things up mm -hmm. and changing the norm mm -hmm. and kids do the exact opposite. They like, like you, you have them, you know, calm, cool, steady, whatever. And they're like, I don't like this. Yeah. I want to like, they're in full discovery mode, full adventure mode. And as an adult, the exact opposite can be so difficult to get into. Mm-hmm. And that's been something that has tremendously helped me as an adult, which I mean, if there was like this whole, I feel like if everybody could rent a kid 
they probably would <laughs> they probably wouldn't do it but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they understood the value behind it and they showed yeah. up and they're just like i'm here to learn like what actually like this the mind of, of a kid operates like they would learn a ton totally um so in completely invalid business model but you yeah. get the point <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, it's true though. Cause you're right. And I appreciate this conversation. Cause now I'm even thinking like, we all know that the universe evolves through chaos, like physics, yeah. that's what it says. And so yes. now you just gave me a good paradigm shift because I can look over at the complete mass and say to myself, this is evolution. This is yeah. him evolving. And this is me evolving. We're both yeah. growing in this moment. Yeah, something was accomplished some in there. In that. Yeah, yeah, something was accomplished in that moment. Like they they did that to get something out of it. And as an adult or as a parent, when you take that moment to figure out what they got from it, then you as a parent could potentially say, this is the stimulus that they're looking for. Totally. And now I can be back into the driver's seat as mm -hmm. most adults like to be. And you can say, how can I provide this exact same stimulus in maybe a different manner? And you can start becoming more interactive with them and all that other stuff. Right. Um, I absolutely love it. And I think there's so much that I've also taken from being a parent that I bring into my coaching practice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for, for me, like perspective shifts, like when you're a kid, like you don't have knowledge about the whole world and stuff. And so it gives you this perspective shift where you're just like certain things just don't matter. Right. Yes. Like certain things that were problems aren't really problems. I don't know. Has any of that kind of stuff made its way into your own practice about how you work with other people? Absolutely. One of the things that really is just ever since Liam was a baby was just the moment he woke up, he was so joyful. And like, I mean, not always, but like for the most part, yeah. Um, as long as something wasn't wrong with him, he didn't need a diaper change or wasn't hungry. Um, but like the joy that he brings to everything, you know, like a fire truck or an airplane in the sky or good night moon. We say good night to the moon every night, you know, and it's yes. always just like, there's the moon, like so exciting. Like you'd be seeing it for the very first time yeah. and just that level of joy, like we can choose that. And I'm not, you know, and I, I'm saying that as like, I'm talking to myself too, because I'm not, I, I have to admit, I don't live my life from that place of joy all the time, but I would love for that to be more of a default setting than a, like, I really got to access the joy, you know, like, because he just had, like, it's just his, his day to day is joyful for him. It's like a I default think, setting. I mean, yeah. yeah, you hardly see an adult who isn't getting paid to do that like sit at their window, look outside and be like, yo, the moon. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you don't, you don't get that from an adult, but a kid, they, they'll sit there and they'll just be like, what in the world is this? Yeah. And you, so and you cool. like explain something. They're just like, like their brain is just constantly exploding with like, they see something and they're like, holy crap. Like, yeah. <laughs> like in their head, they just can't comprehend that something is so, I mean, to them, like wonderful or magical or yes. insert whatever word. And, and so they have this crazy sense of joy and wonder. And then you're, you look at yourself in the mirror and you're just like, I, 
I saw a commercial for like the Facebook becoming, you know, meta and all that other stuff. And I'm just like, Ugh. like <laughs> we're on the brink of this massive, insane, like change in our entire world. Like someone told me the other week, we're going to be like, why are we teaching kids how to drive cars when in 10, 15 years, like no one will ever have to drive a car ever again. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And I sit here and I'm just like, I, like it doesn't like for most people, it just, that doesn't click. Cause it's a, we see the very little minimum everyday things, but if you approached it more as like a kid, like mm-hmm. everything would seem incredible and you'd probably learn more from it and want to be more active in it. Mm-hmm. And you probably just have more fun in general. Um, I mean, but these are some of the things that I think I would only be able to really access if mm-hmm. I like, I can only access because I have that framework that those foundations of coaching. And I've been doing this for a while. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I would probably, most of this stuff would just go in one ear and out the other. And um, I mean, so when it comes to some of those foundational things, when it, uh, whether it's being more present mm-hmm. or having that sense of authenticity in what you're doing or, or finding more joy and other stuff like that, like what are things that whether they're parents who aren't coaches or people who are not parents who are also not coaches, like what are some of those foundational things that you focus on when you work with individuals um, that you either have as a part of your repertoire or that you've learned in, in kind of being a parent and, or in living in all these different worlds mm-hmm. that you would suggest that people just like take a moment and just dive into for a moment. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is gratitude. And I know we've heard that a million times. And back in the day, you were really little, but Oprah made it really popular to do like a gratitude list. Um, And it's, I know this doesn't sound like it's new information, but the reality is not just perfunctory, oh, I'm grateful for my house and you're, you know, but like really feel the energy of gratitude. Yes. Um, And you know, I think people can, can really start to access this when something's been taken away. Like I don't know, recently I broke my hand mm. and, uh, is my right hand. And I'm like, gosh, you know, just brushing my teeth, being able to brush my teeth the way I want to brush my teeth. Like, I'm so grateful that I can brush my teeth with my right hand. Cause my left hand doesn't, it doesn't do it as well, you know, like, but just like when you go micro with the gratitude, I think you can really start to transform your life. And then the other part of it is having a vision. Like if we're just focused on what the circumstances are of our daily lives, we're just going to create more of those same circumstances over and over and over again, but having a vision, like a, what it is that I would love for my relationships, like for my health, for my freedom, for my business, for my vocation quadrant and, and, and having that, like, and even if you don't, like I said, we don't have to have it set in stone, but like having an idea of what it is that you would love coming up with images of you living that life, how you're thinking, how you're acting, what you're doing, like, who are you surrounding yourself? What kind of conversations are you having? Like, And then also, how do you feel in that life? And then here's the thing, like, we always have a choice. We could feel that now. We don't need for the circumstances to change. You know, there's hedonic adaptation. So this is the thing, that's a fancy term for like, you're kind of at a level of a set point of happiness and good things could happen. 
and you'd be really, really happy for a little bit, but then very soon after you go back to that level yeah. of satisfaction. So like we can change our set point of our level of how much good we allow and how mm. much satisfaction and love and freedom and flow and all of that. But that doesn't happen with our, without a decision being made and a practice daily yes. moment by moment, day by day practice. Yes. Which that, and I love that you, you mentioned that because I, I've, I've mentioned a couple of times before um, and you put it in a much more intelligent way than I normally do. <laughs> well, I'm a very you. simple person. I like to break things down into like the simplest terms. I call it our internal thermostat. I yes. think everybody has an internal internal thermostat that they just set at a certain level. Yep. And if you start out performing it, then the AC kicks on and it pulls you back down. If you under if you if you're underperforming, the heat kicks on and, and you start getting after it more. Um, so you put it in a much more intelligent way than <laughs> I normally do. No, I use the thermostat example a lot too, because I think that's a really powerful example for people. Yes. And the reality is it's all it's all tied to our subconscious mind, but the way that we actually, because our subconscious mind accepts everything that we feed to it, it can't reject information. So, but our conscious mind can reject information and our subconscious set point is based on history. Um, but we can change our subconscious set point by being really meaningful and, and uh, mindful of what we're actually integrating in our conscious minds. And I know I'm speaking to the choir here because I know you know this, but like, I think it's important for people to know if you don't get at the subconscious mind, you're going to be running up against that thermostat, like you said, and, and maybe blips, but not sustainable, yeah. you know, new levels of fulfillment, happiness, joy, whatever it is. And yeah. it's a day by day practice. Like I said, absolutely. It's, and I recently heard, um, it was like this Simon Sinek quote where mm. he was like, you go to the gym and, um, like you do a bunch of working out and you go look in the mirror afterwards and you see like nothing, yep. right? <laughs> nothing happens. Um, you go day two, nothing seems to be changing day. Number three, nothing seems to be changing. He's like, but you go back after a month and you see that things have changed. It's not the action itself that provides the results. It's the consistency of action, which is discipline. Mm -hmm. Discipline gets results. Actions do not. Actions make up disciplines, but actions themselves don't equal results. They equal partial results, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so everybody's chasing, you know, I like, I invest in this. I should be a millionaire. I mm -hmm. this, I should be this. And it's like, if you want to be a millionaire, you have to understand how to be intelligent with money and being intelligent with money requires discipline. Mm -hmm. That's what gets you to be a millionaire. Right. So um, I think that's one of the, the biggest things that we've talked about in here is, is discipline, like the behaviors that you want to exude on a daily basis, whether it's mm -hmm. being just, a happier adult as a whole to being a parent to if you're a coach versus if you're not a coach, the constant thing is discipline makes the difference. Mm -hmm. It's not a singular action. Um, this has been incredible. We could sit here and talk yeah. about, we could swap all these kids stories all day long. Oh, and, I'm sure. <laughs> and, it, and last night was when my son 
you know, had the tub incident. Oh no. And it's always hilarious. The first like one or two times that happens, you kind of like laugh and you whatever, but then they start getting older and you start like being like, Oh my gosh. Like it happens very infrequently catches you off guard. And, um, but it's still hilarious. I still get a a good laugh out of, you know, a good poop (laughs) moment with my kids. Um, Erica, you've been absolutely incredible. This is so much fun. I look forward to, um, having you on again and, and talking about a whole bunch of other stuff. But before I, I let you go here, I'm curious, what can people do to, you know, connect with you or stay in touch with you or support some of the stuff that you're doing right now? Oh, thanks. Um, well, thanks for having me. First of all, it's been a pleasure to chat with you and to swap stories and things like you've said. Um, yeah. And I mean, probably the easiest way I'm on Instagram at Erica Fay, well, all one word, but it's E-R-I-K-A-F-A-Y. Okay. Um, because I, my website is awesome, but uh, it's also a mouthful. It's maximumachievementcoaching.com. So it's just easier to go to Instagram and find me there. And then there's a link to my website and then you'll see, like I post all of the things that once a month I do a free webinar and um, all the kind of research when this is live, we'll post this on there, you know, so that's, it's probably the best way at this point to, um, to find me as Instagram. Beautiful. All right. Well, you heard her, everybody go find her on Instagram (laughs) and, um, and go give her a follow, go check out some of the stuff that she's doing. She's an incredible individual and you can also catch her as a co-author yeah. And forever athlete. Um, she and I are both a part of this amazing book project where we share stories and lessons that we take from having been athletes at an incredibly high level and how we carry those things into the world thereafter. Um, so keep an eye out for that. And everybody uh, on who's listened to this already knows um, about the book. So awesome. Erica is part of that project and I'm incredibly um, honored to be able to say that she is a, I get to be a co-author of hers. Oh, same. I'm really (laughs) excited about the book. I can't wait to read everybody's chapters. It's going to be awesome. Um, but Erica, thank you so much. Um, I can't wait to have you back on. Thanks. I'd love to come back. (laughs) First off, I want to take a huge moment of appreciation for the guest and a massive moment of appreciation to you, the listener. I wouldn't be able to do this if it weren't for you and all the people who I have on this podcast. And I want to reward you with an offer that others may not even get the chance to hear if they haven't made it to this part of the episode. I'm offering free group coaching sessions for individuals like yourself to talk about your goals for this next year and how you can take advantage of my expertise and network to make it a reality through a part group coaching part masterclass session that will be announced only to those who are interested. I want to keep this group small so that everyone can feel like they are getting the time and attention they want out of a working session with me. If enough people are interested, I will be running multiple group sessions to accommodate everybody in small, intimate groups focused on how to take your goals for 2021 and approach them with a plan that can turn those goals into a reality. If you would like to be a part of this, simply send me an email using the subject group at Keegan, K-E-E-G-A-N at LamarCoaching.com. Once again, that is group in the subject to my email, 
Keegan, K-E-E-G-A-N, at lamarcoaching.com. And I will send you the dates I will be holding the group coaching so that you can pick a date and time that works best for you. I look forward to serving you. And until next time, keep being unstoppable in your pursuit of success. Mm -hmm.